You can be seated while I'm trying to get my cell phone. Amen. One, two, three, one, two, three. One, two, three. We're going to have to do something about this every Sunday morning. We've got to. One, two, three. One, two, th one, two, three. What's going on? One, two, three, 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 right there. One, two, three. One, two, three. Something's got to have. One, two, three, one, two, three. One, two, three, one, two, three. One, two, three. That might do it. One, two, three. Can you hear me now? Hear me now. Praise God. Can you hear me now? I, I went around the world with hear me now. Hear me. Well, happy Mother's Day. How many mothers got a smile on your face this morning? Very few. Let's smile then. Amen. We shall get it straightened out. Don't worry, folks. We shall get it straightened out before the rapture takes place. And once the body change takes place, we won't need a microphone. Amen. So that's one good thing to look forward to. We won't need a microphone or a PA system on the other side. I give the devil one last thing to get a hold of our patience and our nerves. Amen. We welcome those on live stream. We welcome the visitors this morning. I can't see all the way back. Is that, uh, Brother Corselini, is that is who I'm seeing back there? Not Corselini, but Cornelison. That, that's your brother, right? And Okay, I thought I'd seen him. The lights affect my eyes. I can't see real well. Well, welcome to have you this morning with us. Amen. If we had Mother's Day, Christmas, and all ever Easter Sunday, every Sunday, we'd have a church full every Sunday morning. But thank you for coming. Uh, you picked a good subject to come on. Because we're going to take our text this morning from Matthew chapter 12. We finished a study last week on basically the seven steps to glorification and saw that it is a process from the baptism of the Holy Ghost in this last age to actually the glorifying of our bodies preparing for the resurrection and the rapture of the church. Matthew 12 is actually speaking to the Gentiles, where Jesus is referring to the Gentiles and to the message of this hour. And I think I've mentioned it the last two Sundays, basically, in your notes, appeal to it. Brother Branham appealed to this message or these scriptures over and over. Uh, sometimes, I don't know whether we have time today, but sometime in this subject here, if I could play you about 10 or 15 minutes of the, uh, the prayer line where Brother Brown move it deep, call it the deep. A lot of young people has never seen that film. But in that film, you'll absolutely see what we're speaking of today, which was the sign of the Messiah are the last sign that would be given to this generation. So this generation has received its last sign. This generation has rejected its sign. Therefore, we find ourselves in the condition of our text. And we look at our text in Matthew 12, verse 34 to 45. I don't know whether we'll get through it all or not. I give you a lot of uh, notes, a lot of scriptures, which... 
As you know, we will not have time to get through them today, but they're there for you to look at and make reference to it. And what we want to do is basically point us in a direction or point us to the object or the subject of faith that Mark 16 follows a group of believers. This is the only message that I've seen thus far where there was not a group of followers that did not follow the message of the hour with a continuation of that ministry for a short period of time. Every messenger had a group that followed, preached their message for a short period of time, and then basically era crept in and they organized. Lutherans, Wesley, Baptists, all the way through. Now the Pentecostals are the last movement to organize what they call the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You cannot organize the Holy Ghost. And the last movement that we had organized was the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, which we know that that to be an error. Therefore, the organized system of Pentecost is an error. Therefore, they can only impersonate or try to copy Mark 16 by the gifts of Matthew 7. But they cannot produce Mark 16 because Mark 16 is a revelation to a unique, unique group of people as evidence and a sign that they have received and are preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Every movement has tried to prove that. In this movement, I believe that basically the ministry of William Branham, outside of the gift of discernment from the pulpit, but the revelation of his message of what he, what he brought to us should produce a group of people that are identified by Mark 16, and these signs shall follow those that believe the gospel sign of the perusia or the presence of God in this hour. And that is, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover, and they shall cast out devils. In the film, you will notice that Brother Branham fulfilled Hebrews 13, 8 before us. That was not Mark 16, although it appears to be. He fulfilled Hebrews 4.12 by discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart, which was also the sign of the Messiah. And then he cast out demons, which was a sign that the kingdom of God was in our midst. The church world of the Pentecostals missed their sign of God being present in the form of a man. That's the sign. And we're looking at this uh, Matthew 12 because Jesus speaks here that this sign that was given to the Jews by him Jesus himself also given to the Samaritans the woman at the well but it was not presented to the Gentiles in other words the sign of the Messiah the discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart which is Hebrews 4:12, the spirit is the discerner of Dividing bone and spirit, soul and spirit. That sign has never been presented to the Gentiles. Where the Logos or the pillar of fire, the same spirit that manifests himself through the person of Jesus. Was to return and duplicate that ministry in and through a man. To present the sign, which will be the last sign to a generation of Gentiles. For the resurrection and the rapture. 
those that accepted that sign would move in the process to resurrection and rapture. Those that rejected that sign will absolutely move into condemnation and the judgment. So at the end time of Acts 3, 17, where God will send a prophet, retain Jesus until God sends a prophet, and says those that receive not that prophet will be cut off from among the people. In other words, they'll be cut out of the process of glorification to an immortal body and basically placed in the judgment of the tribulation that'll come up 1,000 years down the road at the white throne judgment. This is what has transpired, and it is transpiring, when basically this generation, by its truth rejected, produces a group and a race of serpent seed on the earth that takes total control of the earth. So if you'll notice our text in Matthew 12, verse 34, Jesus is speaking, and he says, O generation of vipers. Now, vipers is a form of a snake, basically. And vipers, as far as Jesus is concerned, he called them serpents and generation of vipers. That is the cursed state of the serpent out of the garden. He's talking about the cursed state of the serpent, which was an upright creature who talked, communicated, and could reproduce himself through Eve, a human being, and bring forth a seed upon the earth called the seed of the serpent. Now this gospel is rejected by those who are not in the election for the process to the rapture. They will not receive this at all. Their minds will not comprehend it, meditate on it, or receive it. It is a unique part of the process that must be put in its place to be able to take you on to the, to the tree of life for immortality. I mean, it's following now. Old generation of vipers, how can ye being evil? In other words, the evil there is a nature are a product of a seed. They are born this way. How can you, being evil, born of the wicked one, speak good things? In other words, the good things would be the revealed word in its season spoke to the messengers to the people of that hour. You go through seven church ages, there were seven messages, seven basically presentations, seven acceptance, seven rejections. We have been presented our last sign. So we're in this unique position now. Whether we'll be the manifestation or identified as the manifest believers. Or the absence of Mark 16 will identify us as basically what we call the foolish virgins or the rejectors. He said, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. This tells you. That this race cannot understand the revealed word in the season or in the hour that it is spoken. We'll find that a generation will turn down a message or a messenger. And we're only interested in this end time one. Where God sent a prophet in the ministry of Elijah. God himself appeared in human flesh. Before a Pentecostal group of people that believed in signs. He gave them the sign of the Messiah and the sign of the resurrection, and they turned it down. 
By turning it down, they become an adulteress. In other words, they begin to adulterate the Word of God, and God cast them out of His, uh, His kingdom, even though they were baptized or anointed with the Holy Ghost. Now, this is not an easy message to receive, but it is the truth. Watch. So there's a group of people that when they was presented with a sign of Hebrews 13:8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever, and that is not Jesus now, the man. That is the very Logos or the light that come to Jesus at his water baptism that manifested himself for three and a half years in the person of Jesus Christ because Jesus said himself it was not he the man that was doing the works it was his father God in him doing and speaking that's the one they were listening to but he was so yielded to that spirit and that life and that ministry that he could absolutely say when you see me you've absolutely seen the father in other words what you saw was the actions and the works that was produced by his ministry looking like he done it but he said that he wasn't the one that was doing it it was a life working through him that was doing it we can put on film this morning and show you that exact duplicated ministry almost letter by letter in a different man than Jesus Christ years ago that Jesus said that this man in this hour that his discernment would be greater even than Jesus himself 2,000 years ago now that's hard for the man to receive because well Jesus is God they go off this era and they don't understand what's going on we note that Jesus called this group he was speaking to old generation of vipers uh, Jesus was not a good church builder uh, I can I can imagine him in this day and hour coming and beginning this very scripture this morning in our midst how many of us would last through the whole sermon because when there's an authority and a power there that is available to unveil and have authority over every evil spirit and every one of us is carrying spirits of some kind and fighting spirits of some kind and being used by spirits of some kind those spirits get real nervous in the presence of someone they think has the authority over them to cast them out. The ministry of Jesus Christ was praying for the sick and casting out devils, which when you view the mute, uh, film, the deep caller to the deep, you'll find each time Brother Brandon presented with a person, he would say, I'll see you and discern where there's at, whatever more, and tell them what was wrong with them. And then he would absolutely speak to the spirit that was causing the disease and cast out the devil. Therefore, they was made well. Therefore, healing the sick is absolutely casting out devils that's causing the problem. And we can go through it. Now, every spirit has a name. You can list them. Cancer, tumor, da-da-da, on and on and on. All the drugs and all the everything that's going to addictions, all the all by the influence of a demon. America is controlled by Satan. The whole world is controlled by Satan. And this is the generation I watched. Generation here, we want to look now, the generation and the sign. I'm speaking not of the generation that Jesus was talking to two thousand years ago. 
for in this scripture is actually a prophecy according to Brother Branham and he's speaking to the generation that is now present you and I that would be presented with the same sign that Jesus presented to that group with the prophecy that there would be a generation now receive the same sign and would reject it and be cursed generation is not speaking of a period of time we always read that generation like uh, in the days of Noah basically uh, uh, or when you see the fig tree put forth his branch know you that that generation shall not pass away until all these things fulfill and they come up with the prophecy basically in 1946 uh, Israel become a nation and therefore in 40 years will be the rapture 84 86 went by no rapture now they had to change their dates Generation is not speaking of a space of time, although it can be used as an age. If you'll watch the context, it is always speaking of a group of people, a race of people. He's speaking to a seed. He's speaking to groups of people. And basically, and the word used here uh, speaks of an origin, a lineage, or a birth. Translated generation. In this verse... It speaks of offspring. So in our language, we could say, oh, offspring of vipers. Jesus was politely, religiously calling them serpent seed. Did they understand what he meant? Absolutely. Because the Jews believe in serpent seed. Protestants, Christians today, don't like it because uh, that does away with their works and does away with all this church entity and everything else they don't like that so only the Jews and a, f a few unbelievers at the end time following the prophet will probably believe that in Matthew 23 33 you'll notice Jesus said ye serpents ye generation of vipers how can you escape the damnation of hell in other words there's no escape for them they do not have the capacity within themselves to hear the gospel in Luke 3, 7, he said, Then he said to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him. Here's a group of people. Let's say a Billy Graham meeting. And now they give the offering. It's like uh, Mr. Graham done the other day. He gave a meeting. Jesus loves you. He died for you. Will you come and receive him? They walked out of the congregation, 30 or 40,000 there. They began to flood the aisles and walk down for him to be pray over them. They were saved. He said to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him. This is the group that's coming to receive him. If I call for a prayer line this morning or people come to join the church and I come to be baptized and 15 or 20 of you come and I said, you foolish generation of vipers. How do you think you're ever going to get in? Well, I don't know what that good that would do many people. But here's Jesus to this generation. He said to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him. Old generation or race of vipers who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. You did not hear it and believe what I told you. So who told you? Jesus is speaking, it says, to a certain race. And the Bible is called a seed. According to the parable of Matthew 13, the Son of Man sowed a seed. Actually, there's only two natural seeds on earth today. We see this critical race theory that they're putting in schools. 
That's only a doctrine of the devil that come out of the Garden of Eden. This critical race theory is horrible. But where's the church raising a voice against it? And I will say this, where is the church with the supernatural sign of casting out devils and healing the sick that's preaching the gospel that rises up against the powers of Satan? You don't see it. I know there's a group of people that follow Brother Brown's message. They're preaching now. They call it the continuation ministry. I believe that there was, should be a continuation of the ministry that Brother Brown brought forth. Because if I had a revelation of God's presence and who I am as a son of God called to preach the gospel, then I would have the authority by that revelation to cast out devils and to lay hands on the sick and they would recover. But I would have to be preaching a unique and special thing for that to happen. The Great Commission, as we'll look at in Mark 16, preached the gospel to every creature. And those that believe, these signs shall follow those that believe. They shall be baptized in my name for the remission of sins. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover, and they shall cast out devils in my name. For these signs shall follow those that are preaching the true, simple gospel that I am here. Mark 16 will not follow this message until they recognize and preach the presence of God Himself. Because that's the message that was delivered to us in this hour. And that is the revelation of the ministry that they should be preaching. So we find that there's only two natural seeds on earth and it comes from the garden. Now the Satan will fight the book of Genesis and the book of Revelation more than any other book of the Bible. For it describes his origin, how he got himself projected into the human race and we also see at the end how God conquers all and destroys that race of people he does not like for us to see that there is also another seed promised in the Bible in that same book of Genesis and I think of what 316 or somewhere along in there 18 where God promised a woman's seed and that woman's seed would come forth and he would bruise the head of the serpent seed now we understand that that was fulfilled at Calvary, at the crucifixion of Jesus, where Satan bruised the head of Christ, but by the death and burial and the crucifixion of Jesus, he absolutely took the power away from Satan and bruised, took his authority away from him. Therefore, Satan really does not have any authority over us anymore under the blood atonement to those who have received the atonement in its fullness. But if you receive the atonement plus your works, your works absolutely annul your authority of power by revelation in the blood plus nothing. I mean, it's following me now. So therefore, if you are a legalist, and you think I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this, and this is going to make me holy enough to be able to cast out devils, you're badly mistaken. You still had to have the same revelation that was preached in this hour. Copy that message with the same signs following. We'll get into it, but that's what Mark 16 is. So we find out that there's absolutely three seed on earth today. And they're coming to a showdown 
they're coming to a battle at this end time and the three kingdoms will manifest themselves and there will be a sign for the living group that will make her ready and the word that she receives is absolutely the power that will change her body for the resurrection and the rapture. So what we call the message of the hour has within it the power to glorify your body with the proper revelation of it. The knowledge of it will only make you, I preached on this one time and, and got in trouble out of Phoenix. If you'll notice, the book of Acts was the apostles copying and preaching exactly what Jesus preached. They was telling them who Jesus was, what he'd done, and they copied his method and got the same results. Therefore, they wrote a book of Acts. We'll see as the converts come on down through the line, though, there over in Acts, there was a group of the sons of Siva, I believe it was, they went in to cast this demon out of this demonic. And they said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out of the man. Now, they were absolutely copying the method that they had seen. They had seen the disciples, or some true believer, do that and saw the results of demons being cast out. So what they were trying to do was copy the method, use the name that they knew had authority, and thought that give them the authority to cast out demons. But if you'll notice, that demon said, Paul we know. All right, Paul had a revelation of Jesus Christ that gave him authority to cast out devils. The disciples had a revelation of Jesus that gave them authority to cast out devils. This man had a quote. Just like they said down there, well, Brother Branham said, and they read a quote over this demonic lady down there in Arkansas, but the devil wouldn't come out. Devils don't listen to quotes. Devils only listen to the revelation that you have received that gives you the authority to cast them out. Are you following now? So unless you stand there with the same revelation that was given by Paul in the name of Jesus, that devil will not come out, and it will attack you and cause you trouble. I will declare that we need a good dose of casting out demons in the Pentecostal ranks of this message to clean the house once and for all of unbelief. And every ounce of unbelief in the Godhead, the presence, all these doctrines, Every ounce is caused by a demon of unbelief anointing that individual and giving them a reasoning against the revealed Word of God. By that, he gains influence in us and basically comes down to a stalemate of lukewarm in the condition that we're in now. So now we have a harvest time, and there's three seeds that come to a harvest. The seed of Christ, the true believers. There's a foolish virgin which will not come to the revelation or can't. Then there's a group of serpent seed, the unbelievers. So there's the three seeds that are ruling the earth today under the power of two kingdoms. There's not all these communism, all these different powers. There's only two kingdoms. And that is the kingdom of Satan and that small body of Christ, the true believer on earth, 
wherein the Holy Ghost or the revealed Word of God resides that makes her invincible army against the powers of darkness. Although she is an invincible or become an invincible army, she must know two things, and that is number one, that she has the greater power or who she is to do the greater works, and that she can produce the greater works of Mark 16. Now, I keep zeroing in on that because we will not do the greater works of St. John 14, 12 that was distinguished for one man in this generation. The one-man ministry is the point of origin or revelation for the end-time ministry to perfect the bride with her signs of true gospel. Mark 16 will follow the ministry of the perusia of Christ. God Himself is here. And if we could play about 10 or 15 minutes of that film, you could see exactly what we were talking about or we should be able to see it, and we'll uh, try to get it on screen and maybe look at it for a little bit next week. Satan is in control of every government. Now, there's a quote for you. Uh, in the greatest battle ever fought, Brother Brown made this statement. Now, you just get through reading Ephesians 1, 19 to 23. He refers to Ephesians 6, 12, where he calls the rulers of darkness, who rules the world, the devil, who is all these things going on? Are all these ungodly things going on around through here and these governments and so forth? My question today is who is this causing all of this demonic possession, drug addiction, crimes, illegality, no gospel being preached whatsoever? America has been taken over by the powers of darkness. After the opening of the seals, 1963, there was 200,000 ecclesiastical, that's spiritual demons. Spiritual demons. Not these filthy, immoral addictions and drugs and immorality, all that. That's just unclean spirits. I'm talking about ecclesiastical demons with subtlety of mind, brilliance of thought, preaching the gospel as an angel of light leaving that reasoning, that one word off, and taking you away from the true gospel that God Himself is here as the judge of humanity. He is here. That is the revelation of a bride because she has seen her sign of the Messiah. That sign has identified her as the true believer. Now she's looking for the promise of that sign, which is a resurrection and a change of her body. That's what is going on in our presence. Watch now. The Bible said the devil controls the United States. So who's in control of America? Not the church. Not God. The devil. You saw Brother Greg, look at all these churches this morning full of good people going to church, surely all these people going to church are not bad people. No, they're not bad people. They don't go to church to be bad people. They go to church to be good people. But it is a generation of deceived people because they've been deceived by the impersonation of Satan in the church copying the acts of the Holy Ghost. 
preaching salvation by joining your church, preaching salvation by words, preaching salvation by singing this creed, that creed, rather more. But salvation is by election, predestination, and the calling of God. There will be not one seed, one soul lost that is a child of God, period. We believe that. That's what we rest on. And we're happy this morning that our soul was quickened by the message of this hour. Because we have seen and recognized our sign that we are truly the seed of Abraham in this hour ready for the body change. Amen. Every kingdom that ever was until God sets up His kingdom is controlled by the devil. So all these good politics we got right now, drug lords and all this crime we got going, we voted that mess in. And we voted in because we were anointed by spirits. What sane mind would vote this corruption into office? There's not a sane thought behind none of it. So what put it in? Ecclesiastical demons. 200,000, thousand, what, how many is that? Millions, billions, I don't know how many that is. But we have a hard time dealing with one little devil. How many has a hard time dealing with one little devil? How many has a problem with many spirits coming through the mind? Oh, look at that. Ooh, oh, say this. Ooh, what? Ooh, oh, oh. Boom, boom, boom. Like I said, who is up there talking? Because every one of us was born with our own personal fallen nature called a demon. When you get saved, the gospel casts that demon of darkness out of you and brings forth the real you. It kills that nature on your natural born spirit. And brings out that true nature of your germ or your seed that you are now and always was a seed of God to begin with. And you come to the recognition that you are a child of God. By being a child of God, you have a certain authority. We went through these steps these last week. We have authority. These signs shall follow those that believe. Mark 16 is my promise of my identity as a believer and as a minister preaching the end time gospel that God himself, not Jesus that's on the throne sitting up there. He's my mediator. He's my intercessor. Jesus, the glorified man, is on the throne of God in heaven. God himself, that light, we call the Logos, the Holy Spirit, angel of the covenant, that angel of the covenant, that pillar of fire is right down here in the midst of the church because he proved himself present by a vindicated prophet. I love it when that prophet blinks his eyes and said, now, whatever he told you, that's the truth. Well, Brother Greg, we don't believe this presence doctrine. We don't believe the perusia. The word perusia simply means a literal presence with. It's funny to me that they send and play the 
film in their church. And Brother Bram said, don't be alarmed. That's just his presence that's standing here. You're aware of his presence, aren't you? Yes, I am. Now, that's just him. Don't be nervous. How can you look at that film and see the sign? Because that presence told this lady her problem, where she come from, what her name was. And he kept watching, and he said, you believe that? Cast out that demon, you're healed. That was a sign. The Pentecostals missed it. And the wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Verse 35, we'll see if we can get the text written in. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. I believe a true message from, from God, a true fivefold ministry, will bring out of the word good things for our soul. You come this morning to have your soul fed the word of God. Because that soul is word and it needs word to survive and to grow until it reaches a stage of what we call maturity to where now it's given the authority to act on its own, so to speak, in the economy of God. He said, And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. So you're seeing two gospels, two kingdoms being preached. I call one of them a systematic theology, and the other is a revelation of God's presence now turned down by the religious leaders of this age. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, by thy words thou shalt be condemned. What words are going to justify you and what words are going to condemn you? In John 3.16, we went over so many times. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth upon Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And this is the condemnation. Here's where the condemnation comes from. That light comes unto you, and you will not bring your soul to the light to have it quickened, cleansed, brought to life, put in the process to immortality. In other words, you refuse the gospel that's able to deliver your soul out of the powers of Satan. Right now, if you're not under the power and control of the Holy Spirit, you are under the control of an evil spirit or a demon, or more than one. We see more effects of basically coldness and lukewarmness, which is the condition promised. And that is brought about by deception. The coldness and difference is brought about by the teachers of this message that cut off the power. They cut off the continuation of the presence of God. They spoke against it. Then when it worked, they preached against the ministries that was copying it. And preached it, oh, you're not supposed to copy. No one can do that. Blah, blah, blah. See, there was only one ministry to give you the sign. But the sign gave you the authority to work in according to Mark 16. Without receiving the sign of discernment of Hebrews 13, 8, 
you will not have the revelation and the authority to produce the true gospel that casts out devils. How many is following me so far? So we'll get to it. There is a unique gospel that had to be preached. Watch that. For by thy words I shall be justified, by thy words I shall be given. Then certain of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. Now we could go on and on, and I've got a lot of notes here trying to look at a subject. But basically, they had already been given the great sign. Here's a generation that looks for one unique sign. And never says what that sign would actually be. They finally said a sign from heaven. But Jesus absolutely fulfilled every scripture that pertained to him in that time period. That's all the signs that he could give them and fulfill at that time was the scriptures that foretold and spoke of what he would do, be born, what and more for that time. There are scriptures that they were looking for that's ordained to be fulfilled in our time by the same Holy Spirit, God, we call it Jesus Christ, the anointing. That generation was asking for our sign. And that sign, our sign, could not be given them. Let me just follow me now. Their sign would be the sign of resurrection. In this hour, when the Son of Man is revealed, there was a sign in heaven. It split about half of the message people out of the message because they said it was a rocket that went off. It was a jet stream. It was anything except seven angels portraying the coming of the judge, a super sign in the heavens telling them Hebrews 13, 8 has been vindicated. God is here now as the judge dividing the two kingdoms apart. The reason why we have so much demon possession today is the ignorance of the people Concerning the fulfilled word. Master, we would see a sign. Notice he didn't say signs. So they're not asking for Mark 16. And Jesus was showing them signs of healing and blind and everything. Lame, crippled, walking and one more. All those signs they seen, but they wanted one sign. They was looking for something unique to convince them of something. Brother Brown makes a statement here. He said, uh, notice Jesus comes so simple. And he said, a baby will be born. That will be a sign. A baby being born. Now you convince that to a scientific age today. Not only will it be a sign, but it'll be a super sign. A baby. Why? The intelligence of science would laugh in in the face of such a thought. But to God, it was a super sign. A virgin shall conceive, and this baby will be called Emmanuel. Here is your foundation of the gospel 
that Jesus fulfilled. This baby will be called Emmanuel, which absolutely being interpreted will be God with us in a man. Jesus, the mystery of Jesus is what? He was a unique born man in whom God come down and dwelt in and used the man's body, used his tongue, used his feet, hands, whatever more, to carry out his will to reveal himself to a generation of people. God manifested in a human man. We can turn you on a film and show you the exact duplication of that in this hour where God, the same pillar of fire, the same Jesus Christ yesterday and forever, and that's not the man Jesus, that is the Father, the Holy Ghost, the Logos Himself, comes down and manifests His presence here by fulfilling Hebrews 4.12, discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart, and by the authority of a commission, take every demon under his control and cast them out by the power of his word. You say, well, praise the Lord, that was a great man. It was a great God making himself known through a man. That great God has not went anywhere yet. Because he come down here, according to his promise, to prepare a group of people, make her a virtuous, chaste bride of the Word of God, bring her forth, wrap her up in righteousness, and take her to the marriage supper and present her to the Father for marriage. Hallelujah. Do you think God will keep his word to his only begotten son? Amen. We are that presentation group today. That's what we're trying to get across. So is God with us? That's the super sign. What? God from heaven. Show us a sign from heaven. God of heaven living with people is the super sign. God with people is the super sign. The message of this hour is He's here. Now what are we talking about? We're talking about the Scripture. Remember Luke 17, 30, the day when the Son of Man is being revealed. Remember God promised Elijah to come and restore the faith that was once delivered. This day this Scripture is fulfilled in your sight. This is end time evangelism. To preach what? God is here. All that presence, He is here doctrine, that's of the devil. It's the only thing that the devil's afraid of. The revelation of God being here gives the church the authority to lay hands on the sick and cast out devils, and they will become well. When is a person healed? When the spirit that's causing the problem leaves the individual. Well, I felt good for a little while. We'll get to it in a study. After a little while, that same devil, that same little pain will come back. Ooh, there it is again. Glory to God. I, I thought I got rid of it, and there it is again. 
There it is, the same spirit come back to check the body again to see if you have put any word inside of you that will resist him coming in and taking control over you once again. That ought to make a dead man come alive, praise God. That's a super sign. What's a super sign? God coming down among his people, discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart, proving the resurrection of God's presence here by taking authority over the powers of darkness. Amen. So the picture that we have set before us, according to our text, is that Jesus come to a generation or a group of people of super seed, serpent seed, a wicked race of people, and now they wanted to see a sign from thee. This race wanted to see a sign. To make it short, they wanted to see a sign that would convince them that he was that prophet of Deuteronomy 18. It's a perfect parallel today. Well, Brother Branham was not that prophet because he said 700 instead of 7,000. He couldn't, see, he wasn't perfect. He can't be this prophet. He didn't get the bear. So I don't have to listen to what he said. It's not for you. You're into bear stories? Go on with the bear stories. But I can show you hundreds and thousands of the time where not one spirit stood before this man that did not have to obey his word to come out of the individual and be set free. Now, Brother Bram said many times that he would cast the devil out, watch that spirit go down to the end of the platform, wait for the individual to come by, to go back out in the audience, pick up the same woman again, walk back to the seat in the same condition that she was in before. And he said, we cast them out, but they don't have enough faith or understanding to stay free from that spirit. They asked for a unique sign. Uh, we want to see a sign. If you notice, in Matthew 12, verses 12 to 13, we see here, uh, Then how much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? They was asking him, he cast out a devil, and they was asking, was it all right to do good things on the Sabbath? He said to them, stretch forth thine hand, and he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the other. Here we see Jesus restored a hand, but to this group of legalists, it was on the Sabbath day. <laughs> the biggest trouble you have with the supernatural is Pentecostal legalists. Because they can see a devil cast out. But they say, did you see that woman's dress was two inches too short? I don't know what exactly are you looking for or looking at. But you missed it. In Phoenix, Arizona, when that girl come up, told a story. She come on her belly wiggling. She was possessed with a demon. 
she was in a message church, so-called. There was about 10 or 12, 15 preachers on the platform. And we spoke to that demonic spirit because it challenged the servant of God, the message. It left the individual, left the girl, and she sat down. And the preachers all claimed, well, you're copying Brother Branham. Well, they just had prayer lines three services before that. No one would come forward because, honestly, the people didn't even have enough confidence that if they got prayed for, anything would happen. What are you talking about, Brother I'm talking about a condition that we have reached in this message simply by religious spirits coming in the disguise of Brother Branham's quotes wrestled to their own destruction and losing sight of the vindicated presence of God Himself being here. Verse 22 of that same chapter, they brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him. Inasmuch as the blind and dumb both spake and saw. Here then you saw a man by his word restore a hand. You saw that same man cast out a deaf and dumb spirit where he both saw and talked. That should be con pretty convincing. That this man has some kind of power. He had something going for him. Uh, from some source that these other guys uh, didn't have. Now they, pre they cast out devils. Because Jesus said by what authority do your sons cast out devils. So they believe in casting out devils. But they had their ritual. Of the dust on the floor and this and more of the temple. They had their ritual to do it with. But here was a man. That simply stood there and by his word. Speaking, those demon powers were subject to him and obeyed him. Now, what you feel in a service like this is every human spirit begins to tighten up. I'm not after us or your spirit or your problems. I'm trying to make us aware that the devils hadn't gone anywhere. Their workings are more subtle today than ever before in the history of man. There's millions and millions and millions more demonic power here working with your mind and your senses and your eyes and computers and technology and on and on off the tree of knowledge. That is the kingdom of darkness. And we move into it so subtly we don't realize that we have become, as verse 39 says, we have become an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign to given it but the sign of Jonas. Then he goes ahead and reads that Jonas in the belly three days and three nights. Verse 34, 43, when we get there, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. In other words, this end time church age, after seven church ages of the gospel, more light, more light, less light, less light, and this age is totally dark. This age is totally controlled by the powers of darkness. There's a little light in a small group of people, then they got it under a bushel. We seem to be afraid to display ourselves or to make ourselves known. 
If that's the will of God, that's fine. I can't see it in the Scripture, but that's the way that it is now. He said, now watch. This evil spirit will go out, and he will bring seven others back with him, that the end state will be worse than the first. Verse 45, then so shall it be also unto this wicked generation that the prophet of God tells us is not that generation, but it is this generation, for Jesus is prophesying the ministry and the end product for this age. Now, verse 36, so we see, therefore, when he tells us that every man's word shall be judged, either justified or condemned, we see that there is a confession of the true gospel at the end time that is life for the age. In other words, the life for immortality and the final process for the body change is in the revelation of Revelation 10, 1 to 7. It is in the revelation of the appearing of the Son of Man. What do I mean by the appearing of the Son of Man? The very Logos, light of God, comes and makes Himself manifest in and through a man, doing the exact same works Jesus done 2,000 years ago under the same anointing, same pillar of fire, and the same ministry. Well, Brother Greg, you're trying to make Brother Branham on the same parallelograms of Jesus. The ministry is the same. It wasn't Jesus, and it wasn't William Branham. It is the ministry of God, the Word, the Holy Ghost Himself, fulfilling His own Word to bring to pass what He has told us, that every word may be fulfilled. And if He has appeared, as He says here, and we can spend two hours proving that He has, then He said this generation that receives that sign will not die. But we shall be changed by the very presence of the God that's been revealed to you that's here. Come on, church. If we actually had a revelation of the presence of God Himself here among us, we would be two different groups of people all together. There wouldn't be no lukewarmness about us at all. So we see then there is a confession to come forth out of the end time sign of Malachi 4, 5, and 6, fulfilling 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. That's the Lord descending from heaven with a shout. To fulfill the final step or process to glorification. Of which when we in this hour, there will be some standing here, he said, that will not taste of death until they see all these things comes into manifestation. So what I'm looking at is that the presentation of Hebrews 13.8, that sign presented to us, will produce a specific confession from us. It gives us a unique, simple understanding and revelation. God has fulfilled His Word. He is the same yesterday and forever. He has come and fulfill that word, proving Hebrews 4.12, that He knows our hearts, our past, and our future. And that same life, that same pillar of fire, has told me that I will not perish. The bomb will not get me. 
but he will take me out of here because he's already judged me as not guilty in his presence. Look, church, the rapture is not looking for Jesus, the man, to come. This is what makes us sound so stupid. Everybody's preaching the coming of the Lord, the coming of the Lord, the coming of the Lord. They all preach against the Perusia, the presence, the presence, the presence, the arrival of the pillar of fire. But the Perusia is the coming of God appearing to a group of people, making them ready to take them to the Lord. We're not looking for Jesus to come. God has already come. We recognize it. He's preparing to take us up to where Jesus is. Jesus will not come back here to earth until we walk out upon the ashes of the wicked with Him. God comes down here, prepares us. He gives us a sign so we can recognize that it's Him. It's not William Bradham. It's God. He's the one. I have heard, I listen to the coach, I listen to it, but now I see God. That's the sign that I was supposed to see. Come on. Hallelujah. That'll make a Baptist speak in tongues. I guarantee you will. Praise God. So we see a specific confession coming forth by the revelation of the message of the hour. All right, Revelation 3, 14 to 22. If we read it, we're already out of time of the Scriptures. But if you read it, you'll find that this is the condition of the last church age of which is speaking of you and I this morning. We are in Laodicea. We're in the seventh church age. We're in that seventh step where all things come to a harvest, even the kingdom of God. And it tells us that we're not hot or cold. How many likes a lukewarm cup of coffee? You drank coffee to get stimulated. Stimulated. It's got a stimulant in it. There's a stimulant in the Word of God. Not the Word that's been fulfilled and is only a letter, but that Scripture that has life in it that pertains to you and I and the presence of Almighty God. Do you think that God that revealed Himself here and healed thousands and thousands of people, do you think all of a sudden God changed and was not concerned in the people no longer? It'd be hard for me to believe that. It'd be hard for me to see that God was still here. He took His messenger because the message was completed. He's here, proven what more. Now he's at the head. He's here. That same pillar of fire, that same Holy Ghost cannot change. He will not change his characteristic. He will not change what he does. He will not change what he thinks. He will continue to perform and identify himself the same way that he identified himself through one man. But you cannot copy that. But the one man showed you that you can produce March 16 if you believe John 14, 12. That's what we're looking at.
but we are lukewarm, and therefore at this end time, God spews this end time church out of His mouth. He spews them out of His mouth. It makes Him sick. Why? Because they have increased in goods. They are rich. They think that they have need of nothing. They think they're saved and going to heaven. They don't know that they're wretched. They don't know that they're miserable. And they don't know that they're spiritually poor. And they're spiritually blind. And they're spiritually naked. And don't even know it. In other words, they think they're clothed in righteousness, but they are not. He said, I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. How is he going to anoint your eyes with eyesalve? Because he's got someone standing outside of the systems. He's got someone that comes at the end of the age. He's standing outside of the systems, and he comes to the door of the church with a message. He shows them a sign of, of divine healing. He starts around St. Louis, goes around Jonesboro, little churches. The word spreads, and soon around the world, 200, 400,000 people, truckload after truckload after truckload. I know this don't impress us now, and it doesn't impress us now because we're weighted down by demonic power to disbelieve it. We're in the greatest fight that we've ever been in our life. And that is we think we're all right. We think we're in a message. We've got nothing to do except come to church on Sunday morning and do not know that every spiritual devil in hell is trying to take your body and drive you into insanity and take you off of the revealed Word of God. There's one that comes outside of the church, knocks. They do not open the door, and they do not let him in. And when you see the little film clip, and you can watch it on your phone anytime you want to, you'll see all those preachers sitting on the platform that absolutely turned down the sign of their Messiah of Luke 17.30. By doing this, now activates Revelation 17, which is the whole religious Christian or church systems all together. Revelation 13 is the Pentecostal age or Protestant age gone to seed. It brings in America's mark of the beast, buy and sell. That's exactly what we voted in. That's what, exactly what we're getting today. Revelation 17, what does it say? I will show you the judgment of the great whore that setteth upon many waters. That's around the world this system sets. It is a church system. It sets on seven hills. Not to be derogatory, but the Bible calls it the Catholic Church universally, and they understand that this is the Scripture speaking to them, but they put it way back in the dark ages to another time. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, the habits of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Here's her doctrines, her creeds, her influences on the nations, behind every war, Hitler, all these judgments now, you'll always see a priest sitting in the background. We do not have to worry about communism. It's not going to do nothing but give us trouble. Romanism 
is a deception. And people are going to run back to the mother system thinking their safety when it is the trap. Amen. She carried me away in the spirit of wilderness. I saw a woman set upon a scarlet coat of beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten whores. What was those names of blasphemy? Churches, Baptists, Methodists, Lutheran, Presbyterian, boldly known and known by the thousands and thousands. Names of blasphemy. Our name should be Mrs. Jesus Christ. We are Christians by faith. We're not an organization. We're not a system. We've got nothing to join. We're offering you a gospel of salvation, a kingdom to be birthed into, a revelation of faith to believe. And speaking that that faith will take you to the coming kingdom, that you'll be immortal and live and reign with Christ a thousand years, and then we'll judge the rest of the world. You'll also see the spiritual condition set upon us by the opening of the seven seals in Revelation chapter 9, verses 11 to 16. What was it? According to this uh, text, there will be a, a trumpet loose. Brother Brown preached the key to the door. Absolutely said that his ministry, by the opening of the seven seals, had the key to unloose the bottomless pit and loose all these religious demons on the earth that we are warring with today. The fourth angel will loose and we prepare for an hour and a day and a month and a year for, for to slay the third part of men. It is actually in the news this morning. China has been prepared for World War III or four for six years. This COVID virus was a military weapon. And it got out by accident, but then when it does, they send it around the world. Now they have one, they claim, that is only designated for certain types of nationality. In other words, it will affect everyone except the Chinese people. And their plans is to dominate the earth. Brother Branham said the diseases and powers will be loosed upon the earth and make cancer look like a toothache. But there is a power and authority in a little living bride. We have authority over every demon power. Come on now. I have authority. You are put your name. I have authority over every demon power. I have authority to make this body a living tabernacle for the living God. All these religious powers are giving us a disguise. Karen, y'all want to come? I'm over time already. I forgot. It's giving us a disguise, a deception of mishandling the Word of God. Once the Word is mishandled, once you misplace this prophet of this hour, I'm speaking to the people that understand God sent a prophet, the message, so on, so on, so on. Once you misplace the prophet and misinterpret the prophet to the people, the power is shut off from Mark 16. I've heard preacher after preacher, and I've preached on it myself. Mark 16, according to the prophet, identifies the true gospel of a group of people if they're preaching the revelation of the hour. I can get on and on and on. We'll get, we'll get back to it. Mark 16 said, preach the gospel to every creature. I've said over and over and over, what gospel? If I'm to preach a gospel 
with the promise that these signs shall follow me and the believers that believe that message, then what is that gospel? The gospel would have to pertain to water baptism because he said those that believe and are baptized shall be saved. And the vindication that is a true gospel is that they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover in my name they shall cast out devils. Brother Bram said if Mark 16 is not following a group of people, then the Holy Spirit does not have free course in that church. That something is stopping the authority of the true believer. The only thing that can stop the power of the Holy Ghost that's here is unbelief in those that are sitting and listening to the gospel. Or unbelief in the ministry that's preaching it in a way that it does not exist or cannot be done until Brother Branham comes back. If we get so powerless and the Holy Ghost is so far removed to us that we can't even have a person saved, a demon cast out, the sick healed, as a witness that we are preaching the true gospel of His presence, then we have no power and we have no representation and no sign that we're the true church. We'll look at a small piece of film next week because what I want you to understand is this. The sign of Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever. And that is when God stands and takes a man that is able to discern the hearts and intents of the people, has authority over every spirit and every devil at his command. You have seen the kingdom of God come in your midst. We have seen the kingdom of God manifest in our midst. Those that believe that gospel and are baptized, which most of you are, shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with a promise now by the preaching of the presence that's been proven over here by this man, one man, preached by a five-fold ministry. March 16 would follow the five-fold ministry that preached the ministry of that one man that God is here. I don't have to prove to you that God is here. It's already been proven. And you believing that is the reason why you're sitting here today following what we call a message of the hour. The message of the hour is what? God Himself is here. He's here in the form of a light. He has proven it, vindicated it, and it's been tested time and time again. Those who will believe that and are baptized shall be saved, and these signs shall follow that group. They shall cast out devils in my name, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover by what? Removing the demon out of the individual. That ministry, I believe, will be displayed maybe a very short period of time to fulfill the picture of the sign to the Jew. A, uh, Jew that's right, Jesus showed a greater sign. Then there was a greater sign promised by him. Solomon gave you the sign of discernment, of wisdom. The queen of the south come from miles to see the spirit of discernment work. Now you can see that. 
Jesus said his sign was greater than Solomon's. In other words, the wisdom that Solomon had was greater than any man that ever lived. And Jesus said his wisdom, his discernment was greater than that one. But Jesus also promised, there's one coming after me. I come to the Jew and the Samaritan, but there'll be one come at the end time when the Son of Man, which was himself, will be revealed as being present again. Come on now. And his discernment will be greater than mine. Are you telling me, Brother Gregory, that there is a promise, a Gentile prophet in the end time who would have a gift of discernment, a supernatural ministry that would be greater in scope than Jesus Christ's ministry 2,000 years ago? Yes, sir. Surely this age would accept that. But they didn't, and they won't. Well, why, Brother Gregory? Because it's so spoken in the Word that as the Son of Man was rejected by that generation, He'll be rejected by this generation also. So we want to look at, basically, the faith that we're required or how to obtain the faith for this hour to fulfill our portion of Scripture, which is Mark 16 in action. And to do that and not let these religious Pentecostal spirits come back in among us and take us back into Pentecostalism. There is a difference. And it will come by a revelation personally to you who you are and what you are. Amen. Let's stand this morning, would you? Praise God. Do you love the Lord? We're awful quiet this morning. I guess that's the way it should be. Quietness tells me a lot of things. Vocalism tells me a lot of things. This will slowly work into, I don't, I'm pulling back from it, but it slowly work into the understanding of demonology, how demons work in, in this generation under religious spirits. People are still just as possessed and demonized by evil spirits today as it was at the time of Jesus. It's amazing when Brother Brown come on the scene, they had him in straight jackets and everything else because of demonic power. All of a sudden, when Brother Brown left the scene, all these demons went to sleep. They must have went on vacation. God left as far as we're concerned. Prophet's gone, so God's left. So the demons must have left also. No, the demons don't ever leave. They only get more of it, thicker, more wiser. And they appeal to the senses according to this hour. Is it your flesh giving you problems or is it demonic power? Which one would be the easiest to overcome? Amen. But unless we recognize our authority, even as individuals, we will not win this battle against darkness. Because it's more powerful today than any time in the history of man. And it'll be deceptive and it'll be so close that it'll deceive the very elected if possible. But the elect will not be deceived. Why? 
they have a sign that was given to them that vindicated to them that this was the sign of the Messiah, the sign of the resurrection, and it was given to a wicked and adulterous generation. Brother Branham said in the days of Jesus, there was only about five or six individuals that were truly Adam's seed. The rest was a product of the serpent. And it was in the days of Noah, where in eight souls were saved, and you know that somewhere in the children that serpent seed come over the ark. So shall it be in this hour when the Son of Man is revealed. We must understand the gospel of our age, the sign for our age, and believing that sign is promised to give you the ability, the authority, and the power to have your body changed and be taken into another dimension to meet the Jesus in the air at the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's the gospel. That's what we should be preaching. March 16 is promised to follow. It will cast out devils. Amen. Most of the time, it doesn't cast the devil out of the individual. The individual takes the devil and leaves. Because when you're presented with the gospel, true gospel, then that spirit that controls you is confronted. You either give it more power or you start trying to confront it to make the change. And it is a royal battle, but we can win it. Amen? Satan has made war upon the saints. He will prevail, but God will intervene and take some of us out of here without going through the destruction. So receive your sign for this hour. This is a wicked and adulterous generation that seeks a sign, and this generation has received that sign, but they rejected it even as they did in the days of Jesus. Amen. So happy Mother's Day. Praise God. Know who you are, what you are, and realize that your life is motivated by sources and powers. There's no time that you're left alone. Amen. The devil does not take vacations. He works on you 24-7. Amen. And the end product of this age, he said, will be worse than all the seven church ages together. This age will go totally insane by demon possession before the destruction comes. And you can see the insanity in the disguise of intellectualism today being on display around the world, and especially in our politics and around the world. This is a very dark time for the world, a very unique and glorious time for the elect that knows that she is born again. Amen? So God bless you. What's, what are we going to say? It'll be worth it all one of these days when we get out here. I, I think just our little problems and this, this little thing we go through, it, it won't even it won't even amount to nothing. It won't be mean nothing. Amen. I'm looking at a manifestation. I'm looking at a gospel that I know works because that's what I preached when I first started in the ministry. I was young and basically ignorant. I knew the prophet said it. I knew the Bible taught it. So I only done and said and copied what was presented, and it works. The ministry come against it. We shut out of every church. 
They believe you cast out devils by a false doctrine. Brother Greg, you believe in two lords, two gods. I've never believed in two gods in my life. But I do believe that the Lord, God Almighty, said unto my Lord, which is Jesus Christ on the throne of God right now, I believe that he said to my Lord, sit thee on my right hand until I make all of your enemies your footstool. So God himself is here placing every power of Ephesians 1.17 under our feet. By the name of Jesus Christ, God's presence here invoked will bring every demon power out of the individual. Our commission is Mark 16. What I want you to see in the film, Brother Banham invokes his, his ministry. He said, by a commission given to me by the angel of the Lord, I command you to come out of the woman and set her free. There he is. She's gone. The tumor has left the body. You said, we don't have a commission. We have a commission by the one, the commission. You believe my commission March 16 will follow you to prove to you that what you're preaching that I preach is absolutely the truth. You say, well, that's just only saying what Brother Bram said. That's understanding what he said and preaching it and doing the same things that the Holy Ghost done. Not reading you a bunch of quotes and calling you up here hoping something will happen. Amen. What is it? What was I saying? It's going to be worth